Welcome back to the Red Sox Worldwide Podcast. I am your host, Isaac. Wow, what what a week it's been. It has been a pretty, uh, you know, pretty eventful week. A lot of things going on. Lots of interviews in play. Uh, I'm going to tease a few this episode. Not going to say what they are, but I am going to tease them, so stay tuned for that. So, all right, first topic today. Let's get right into it. So, the minor league, um, you know, the 40-man rosters, the Red Sox, they had to call up some guys, and they called up five people. Bobby Dahlbeck, this is off the top of my head, Bobby Dahlbeck, uh, CJ Chatham, Marcus Wilson, Tanner Houck, and Yoan Abar. Um, so, Abar, let's start with Abar. Uh, he's a lefty. Throws pretty hard. He's only in, I think, Salem, I think, right now. Single A. Um, pretty good. I've actually talked to him over social media. Very nice guy. He's very appreciative of kind words. So you could reach out to him if, you, if you'd like. Uh, let me find his, his Instagram. Yoan, Y-O-A-N underscore A-Y-B-A-R. That's... Y-O-A-N underscore A-Y-B-A-R. Go tell him congrats. He really appreciates it. C.J. Chatham, another dude. Um, a lot of people think it'd be the, you know, the replacement for Brock Holt. I mean, it, you know, it's hard to say that you know, because you don't want anybody to replace Brock Holt. But, I mean, when it comes to a guy like Chatham, he could definitely be somebody that takes over that utility role or at least you know, maybe that role at second base. You never know. I mean... Who knows what's going to happen with Pedroia. I talked last time about how much I'd love for Pedroia to come back. But if that doesn't work out, you always got a backup plan. I think Chatham could definitely work out there. Marcus Wilson, an outfielder, uh, pretty good player. Going to be interesting to, s- to see what he does. Um, and uh, speaking of Chatham, actually, I don't think Marcus Wilson played for Team USA. But Chatham just got finished playing for Team USA. For I don't even know what it was. I think it might have been the qualifier for the World Baseball Classic. But uh, anyway, Gigi Chatham, great player, someone who could definitely make his mark. Marcus Wilson too. Though those both those guys were in Pawtucket pretty much the whole year this past year. So you know I, I definitely think they can make an impact on this team right away. I think we're gonna see them called up pretty soon you know with a guy like Abar uh you know I don't I I don't know what what his deal is because he might have to get called up to probably double a at least before he gets called up to the majors so we'll see what happens I think when it's all said and done though CJ Chatham I think is probably the guy for me him and Bobby Dahlbeck another guy who got called up and then Tanner Houck the right-hander starter uh, they all got called up. I think Chatham and Dahlbeck, those are probably my you know, top picks for the people who will get called up. Probably first out of those five guys. Really out of anybody, if, if you look at the, at the whole roster. You know, I think when it comes to that, Chatham and Dahlbeck will make their mark. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. But uh, they're all great guys, great people. It's going to be really fun to see they make their mark on this team. It's going to be really interesting because we have Chavis. He looks like he's ready. I mean, he looked like he showed what he could do. I mean, he struggled a little bit. Um, when it comes to Chavis, though, here's my thing about Chavis. 
he can hit breaking balls like nobody's business. And it's crazy because usually it's the fastball that everyone can hit. He, that's probably what he has trouble with most. It's interesting. You know, all of his home runs, if you look back, at least most of them were on breaking balls. Now, some are hangers, and everyone hits hangers. But it seems like all of his hits, or at least most of them, are on the breaking ball. And his weakness seemed to be the fastball. So if he could figure that out, he could be a very dangerous hitter in this league. C.J. Chatham, I think, could definitely be someone at second base. But speaking of Chavis, you know, he plays second too. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it all pans out. Because Chavis can also play first. And then you got Dahlbeck now who may come up. He may be the next guy. You know, he could be the next franchise player. Who knows? There's been a lot of good talk about him. you got Tristan Cassis down in the minors. He's not going to be a play in 2020. But we should be seeing him pretty shortly and within the next couple of years, maybe three years. We'll see what happens with him. But I think with Dahlbeck, Chavis... Chatham, Marcus Wilson, he plays outfield, so I guess he doesn't really matter with this, this situation. But it's going to be really, really interesting to see how it all pans out because I think with whole, you know, it's, it, again, it's all with the contracts. It all has to do with the contracts. Mitch Moreland, Brock Holt. You know, Holt was the guy at second for most of the year in 2019. Mitch Moreland's in 2018 too. Mitch Moreland, he played obviously first most of the time. My thought is, Moreland's gone. I, I think Moreland's gone, long gone. I, I, I never thought we were going to bring him back. I want him back. Great defensive, defensively, offensively. He's really good. Solid, just a solid player. He, he doesn't hurt you at all um, on the field. He, he really doesn't hurt you in any part of his game. Uh, I mean, he's not fast, but like if he's on the field, he's going to either hit or he'll, he'll play solid defense. I mean, he's just a, a solid player. But I think, unfortunately, I don't think the Red Sox... It's one of those situations where it's either he gets a lot of money... or Sorry, it's either he gets not a lot of money from the Red Sox. It's either he you know, stay, chooses to stay in Boston for a very low amount, or he's leaving. He's gone, and he's going to just take the most money, which he deserves. I think he deserves it. So when it comes to Moreland, I think he's gone. Holt... Man, he's, he's a lovable player. He's the definition of a lovable guy. Um, he was just on Section 10 doing an almost two-hour interview with, with the Section 10 guys. That was a great interview. Go listen to that if you haven't yet. Um, great guy. Great family man. Obviously, his son Griff, we all know about him. So, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't love Holt back? We all, we all love Brock. We all love Brock Holt. We all want him back. So... But again, I don't know how realistic that is, and especially now with JD back, you know, with him opting in, everyone wants Mookie back. Again, I've said before, the whole the whole organization's moves are going to revolve around what they want to do with Mookie. If they want to trade him, then they're gonna then that then maybe they could keep Holt. But if they want to keep Mookie, I think Moreland and probably Holt are gone. Unfortunately, with Holt gone, Moreland gone, that means some of the young guys are coming up. And some of the young guys coming up, that means Chatham, and that means Dahlbeck, and Chavis, and Marcus Wilson, and their time to shine. So I think when it comes to that, it's going to be interesting to see where Moreland and, and Holt, what happens to them. Because, of course, you never know. There's always a chance they may come back. But especially with Moreland, I, I really don't see him coming back. I don't, I don't see the team bringing him back, um, especially with you know Dahlbeck coming back. and you know, not, not back, but coming up. <clears throat> 
And I just don't see why they would want to keep Moreland. I would like Moreland back. I really do. I really like him. I really would like him back. But I just think Dahlbeck, I think it's time for the new guys. Um, you know, I just think it's, it's time for the younger guys to come up. And if that means Moreland has to go, I guess that, you know, if the team wants to be, you know, a little cheaper than leaving Moreland, letting him go would, would be the right move. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, though. But yeah, I mean Tanner Houck, um, maybe he'll he'll compete for a spot in spring training. You know, maybe he'll come out and shine and be the fifth starter because, really, if you look at it, the team doesn't have a fifth starter. You know, Chris Sale, we all were wondering, uh oh, he might have to get Tommy John. They're stalling it. I don't think he does. I think he's going to be healthy. Price is recovering with his wrist. Nathan Navaldi should be back. I mean, again, I, you know, I've talked about this. Of all the one of them could be traded. I don't would not like to see them be traded. One of them's traded. I would not like to see Price go. Um, but it, let's just let's just assume they're all back. Let's assume Price, Sale, Valdi, and Erod are all back next year. You're going to need a fifth starter because Brian Johnson isn't going to fly. He's just not going to fly. I mean, you can't throw somebody out there every fifth day who's almost guaranteed to give up like three, four runs in the first inning every time out. I mean, I've never, I mean, I'm sure I've seen this before, but it's just so much. Every time he comes out, he has to give up so many runs. It's unbelievable. In the, like the first inning, it's unbelievable. He's just, he needs to figure it out. But, you know, I don't think Boston should have the patience with him because they need to just move on from him. He's kind of like Henry Owens, you know, who's someone who just never panned out. He was supposed to be really good. A lefty coming up, good curveball, and he just never, never showed, you know, his his potential, and it's it's really unfortunate. But you know, Hector Velazquez, you know, don't get me wrong. <coughs> Excuse me, don't get me wrong. Hector Velazquez and BJ Brian Johnson, they did everything they possibly could in 2018. They were a part of that championship run. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, they're just not going to cut it for that fifth spot in the rotation. And so, obviously, you know, guys like Hauk or, you know, there's some guys in the minors who could come up and possibly, you know, maybe Denny Reyes. I, I shouted him out last podcast. He follows the account Red Sox Worldwide on Instagram. Denny Reyes, he could be the fifth starter. So he's already on the 40-man roster, him and Hauk. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out, how it all works. Spring training is going to be really interesting this year because a lot of people are going to be competing for spots. Because if you look at it, really the only, you know, now that I think of it, offensively, this is just offensively, the only parts of the field, the only positions really, I should say, that are guaranteed are catcher, shortstop, and third. We all know Devers is going to be at third. Bogarts is at short. And... Vasquez will be at catcher, but I don't know. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Leon, but we know those three guys are going to be on the team and playing and in that lineup. Now, guys like Mookie and Ben Attendi, they'll probably be here, but again, you don't know that. I mean, you, you really don't. So who knows? Maybe one of them will get traded. Maybe, you know, I mean, JBJ might get traded. You know, we don't, who knows who's going to play second base? Is Pedroia going to come back? Is Chatham going to play there? Is 
you know, Dahlbeck or Chavis going to play there? Are they going to play first? Who's playing first? You know what? It's like this whole thing. I mean, we don't, we really don't know. It's, it's, it's really crazy how different this offseason is compared to last. Where last offseason, it was just get Pierce, get Evaldi back, sign Stale to an extension, sign Bogarts, and we're good. Uh, bring back virtually the same team as last year. We're, we're set. This year, not, not so much. This year is a lot more complicated than that. It's going to be very interesting to see what this team does. So, I don't know. I, I, I really, you know, as the offseason, you know, nothing's happened yet. The only offseason move to be had so far is Yasmani Grandal signing a pretty big contract with the White Sox, about $74 million for over four years. So good for him. He got a contract, nice big fat contract. But... <clears throat> I think as the offseason progresses, we're going to start to really see, you know, maybe within the next couple of weeks, I know the GM meetings were going on, the winter meetings are soon. So we're going to find out probably who's more likely to get traded on the Red Sox. There's been a lot of reports. Well, not a lot, but I saw this one report. And it talked about JBJ getting traded. And I feel like if you're going to trade JBJ... It has to be for someone who, it, it, well, what I think they might do is trade JBJ and, and who they get back for won't be the replacement. It'll be somebody they sign. Like some people think George Springer might end up in Boston. I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to talk about the, touch the Astros right now. But <clears throat> when it comes to Jackie Bradley Jr., I think it may be time for him to be traded. Or maybe not. I, I don't know. I, you know, he's really just shown who he is as a player. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to change. He's, you know, he's, he's a very streaky hitter offensively. Defensively, we all know how unbelievable he is. But offensively, he, he could either be an automatic out. You know, a lot of times he's an automatic out. But sometimes he'll come out and he'll be unbelievable at the plate. He'll be, literally be the best hitter on the team. But most of the time, he's just kind of there offensively defensively no but he's just kind of there offensively and, and I think the team may want to move on from him and I heard a report that it's highly likely that that'll happen I don't know how realistic that is we hear reports about this all the time that's the whole thing we hear reports oh this guy's gonna get traded this guy's gonna do this this guy but it, it doesn't even happen so I, I don't know how realistic it is who knows, Benintendi, I, I feel like if there's, between Benintendi and Jackie Bradley, I feel like Benintendi should probably get traded because he'll probably be more valuable. He'll probably get traded, we could probably get more for him. And you could keep JBJ's defense, and you could get some young pitching maybe for Benintendi. I don't know, just a thought, just a thought. But, um, so yeah, of course, obviously, I don't want him to trade Mookie. Benintendi, we'll see. Jackie, we'll see. Um, I, I think if there's one guy who I don't want them to trade, or who I do want them to trade, it's Benintendi. He's probably the guy, I feel like, he's not the best, but he's not the worst valuable in a way where you can get contract, you know, stuff back for him. Um, he's probably more, he's definitely probably more valuable than Jackie, but I feel like he's, 
Obviously, he's not as valuable as Mookie, but he could still get you something because he's young, and I feel like a lot of teams could still believe in him. Not that the Red Sox don't believe in him. It's just that I think, you know, maybe they're ready to move on from him, but maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't know what the team's plan is. Uh, you know, with these interviews I'm getting, this kind of leads into my interviews. I, uh, you know, I, I, I have a couple interviews set up. Uh, I was able to contact and reach out to some of the you know, people within the organization. I'm not going to tell you what players or what people in the organization, you know, in the front out, whatever. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'll reveal it next week, but <clears throat> sorry. It's going to be interesting interviews because I have a lot to ask. I have a lot of questions about what direction the team wants to go in, what direction Heim Bloom is, is looking to do with the team. You know, what is he looking to do? You know, is he looking to fix, what, what is he look, looking to make the strength of the team? Because the offense is already great. The only problem is you can't, you're not going to be able to keep it together. Bogart's endeavors are locked up. Mookie, you've got to keep him. If, if you can't, worst case scenario, you trade him. But I think they should just keep him for 2020. If he walks, he walks. But you have to make sure he doesn't walk. That's the whole point. As for J.D. Martinez, he's here at least one more year. There's reports that he might get traded. There's, I mean, you could pretty much say everyone could get traded. It's a possibility. Anybody could get traded. Now, the likelihood of it, that's different. We don't know about the likelihood of it. But I think when it comes to J.D., Mookie... From what I'm hearing, it doesn't seem like they're going to get traded. It seems like it's less likely by the day. But you still never know. You can't, you know, take your mind off of it. You can't just, you know, say, oh, you know, all right, forget about it. They're not going to get traded. You, you have to always be ready for something. I don't think a Mookie trade or something like that crazy would happen out of nowhere. I think we're definitely going to hear a report about it, like, you know, Mookie, you know, is in rumors to be traded. Oh, rumors are heating up that Mookie's going to be traded. It's not going to just be like, bam, Mookie traded to the whoever. I hope it doesn't happen. But if it does, some, you know, him or JD gets traded, I think there's probably going to be reports of it early on. Because a lot of times trades just come out. Like, boom, this trade happened. And it's like, oh my God, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Until like a minute before it happens. But... No, I mean, I think I want Mookie here forever. Um, but I've already talked about that. But just to clarify that, I want Mookie here forever. I'd also like Brock Holt back and Am Moreland. But, you know, you can't have everybody. So I, I want him to keep Mookie. That's going to be a priority for the Red Sox, and as it should be. So for the next topic today, the Houston Astros. There is more info coming out on them every single day. So apparently, there was a camera guy in center field who was relaying messages to the hitters. Relaying messages so that they could hit. So that they know what pitch is coming. And apparently, some of the scouts were being emailed by like, the team. By, you know, the, by the front office guys on the team, they're emailing the scouts. And telling them to somehow steal the signs or something. Let me find the exact article. But in my opinion, 
In my honest opinion, I think this is absolutely worse than PEDs. You could talk about PEDs all you want. I know the Yankees did it. I'm not saying it's right. Everybody, you know, all the people did it in the 90s and the early 2000s. And there were these huge guys just mashing the crap out of the baseball. And I think what the Astros did, you have to understand, when you have PEDs, it doesn't make you hit the ball better. Or no, sorry. It doesn't help you hit the ball. It helps you get more distance and velocity on the ball after you hit it, after you barrel it up, after you have the skill to do that. But it does not give you the skill to be able to do that, if you know what I'm saying. Steroids make you strong. They make you strong and they make you hit the ball far. But you have to hit the ball first. If you know it's coming... You're obviously going to be able to have a better advantage than if somebody has PEDs. I guarantee you. Not necessarily saying this would happen, but let's say a team fall. Let's say the Astros, right? The 2019 Houston Astros faced the Yankees back in the day when they were all juicing. The Yankees could still win that game for sure, but I have my bet, my odds on the Astros just because of the way they were cheating. You have to understand. Guys like Barry Bonds, Manny Ramirez, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, all those guys, yes, they juiced and they cheated. But you have to be very skilled in order to do that, to hit the ball as far as they did, to, to make the contact. You know, it doesn't help you hit the ball. It helps you hit it better once you make contact with the ball, but it doesn't help you hit the ball. And so, I mean, it doesn't seem like anyone's defending them, but I think the Astros... You know, and a lot of people are speaking out on this. A lot of people are speaking out on it. All the players, they're all joking around about it. I see jokes all the time that make me laugh. Every day I see jokes about this, about the Astro ceiling signs, and it's, it's just glorious. It's amazing. It's incredible. I love seeing it. Keep it going, everybody. Keep the memes going. But <laughs> when it comes to the Astros, what they did is probably the worst kind of cheating you could do. Because if you know what pitch is coming, of course you're going to have a better chance of hitting the ball. Way better chance of someone with steroids in them. I mean, that, you know, so you have to, I mean, this is horrible. Signs, banging on the trash can. Don't get me wrong, sign stealing is part of baseball. But the way the Astros did it was going way too far. And I think that was just absolutely horrible. It was just, it's just horrible. <clears throat> I mean, you can't, you just can't do that and get away with it. So now all these reports are coming out every, literally every day of, of things that they're doing. Let me look up Astro's sign stealing. Let's see. MLB seeking phone records promises players leniency for cooperating. Memorabilia maker creates Astros sign stealing scandal bobblehead. Oh, this is just, I mean, every day there's things coming out about it. The Astros stole, stole signs.